0: You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. I'm your host, and today we're going to talk about surviving college. College is a time of great excitement and also great uncertainty. It's new and unfamiliar and oftentimes challenging to navigate. Today, I'm joined by Lepa Modai and Darcy Callahan to discuss the realities of college life and the emotional and social essentials for a thriving college experience. Thank you all for joining me today on the podcast. Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourselves to our listeners?
1: Thank you, Todd. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker. I have been working in Charlotte, North Carolina since 2000. Uh, I began my work with children and adolescents in psychiatric facility settings and runaway shelters, and I've transitioned since then into a private practice. Uh, Along the way, I definitely worked with uh, children in the school-based environment and had a wonderful exposure to how to help students in lots of different settings.
0: That's great. Thanks, Lepa.
2: And hey, Todd, so excited to be here today. Um, My journey is a little different. I started off working in undergraduate college admissions before I transitioned to teaching at the high school level. So I actually taught for 10 years and went back to grad school and got a master's in counseling um, and I'm now in private practice as well. Along the way, I had the privilege of serving as both an intern and a resident um, over in care and counseling here at Forest Hill.
0: That's awesome, that's right. Darcy and I worked together a little bit during that time, so. Glad to have you back. It's really good. Well, you shared a little bit of your journey and how you really got to this table, right? It's part of the journey, but I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit more specifics about how you got interested in or wanted to focus on uh, preparing people for college. What would y'all have to say about that?
1: Uh, Certainly. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, We are so uh, happy to have the forum to be able to discuss this topic because it's really become a concern over the past five to seven years. We are seeing more and more students in a position where they're coming home after freshman year, sophomore year, and they are imploding uh, psychologically, emotionally, socially. They're They're not showing the skills that you need to have to successfully make that transition. And I was at a workshop last year at a local agency, and the topic was college students and mental health. And one of the uh, sayings or the taglines that they utilized while they talked to us about this topic was the failure to thrive syndrome and Mm -hmm. how they're starting to apply that to college students today. And that did not sit well with me. It was very concerning because that is a term that we use for infants that are going to die. And so I thought, oh my gosh, has it come to that, that now we have to apply that term to our college age students. Mm -hmm. And I said to my colleague who was beside me I said we need to do something we have to change this we have to and he goes okay go ahead make a program Mm -hmm. and so Darcy and I were talking and and together we both felt very passionately about this topic and what we were seeing in our offices and just in the community you know we're hearing from parents whose students are very good students they take off they have high hopes that this is going to be an easy transition and they're coming home and some of them are having to go into psychiatric facilities and some are having to take medical
2: leaves because they don't have the tools to succeed yeah And I think that's kind of what surprised us the most is the students we were seeing weren't the ones you would expect to end up in your office. Mm -hmm. And that really seemed to throw off the parents as well. You know, they thrived in high school. I don't understand what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And that's where our intention and our idea came about. How do we be more proactive on preparing students before they actually go?
0: Yeah. And I love the idea that you are addressing the need to thrive, right and that failure to thrive syndrome and they apply it to infants that is so mind blowing mm-hmm. to hear it applied to college age people which you know we would say are adults right their brains aren't fully developed yet but they're having difficulty thriving and so when i think back to you know my college experience that was many many years ago we're almost at the uh, 20 year mark at that point when i started college but When I think about it, I'm like, man, we often limit college prep to financial planning, course selection, and dorm room decorations, right? It's like, what kind of comforter do you want? And (laughs) what kind of of pillowcases do you want? And you're not thinking about, Mm -hmm. oh, how do you prep to thrive socially and emotionally? So um, how has this incomplete approach, uh, or how has this affected, or how is this an incomplete approach to preparing for college?
2: I think that's a great question. Um, And kind of my first thought was just reminding everybody, I don't know about for you, but for me that transition was difficult as well. I think that's something that we often don't talk about, just transitions and how difficult they can be. Mm -hmm. We're so focused on the dorm room and the decor that we don't stop and hit pause and talk about what might be really hard about what's coming next. So I think that's not unusual. We're seeing that trend continue, but I think this generation is navigating um, things that no generation has had to navigate before, and that's the part that's really concerning. Um, And there's a recent APA study, and Lepa, I'll let you kind of jump in and talk about that, that. just came out um, that had some really interesting information. Unfortunately,
1: one in five teens are now showing that they are experiencing significant diagnosable anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So outside of that normal depression or anxiety that someone might experience when they're going through something new and something yeah. different, you know, we all have that moment where we get someplace and we think, oh, did I make the right decision? Is this mm-hmm. OK? Is this going to work? But then eventually we work through that newness and we feel OK. These kids are not jumping through that and making it through that phase of, you know, um, Newness in a way that is helping them succeed, and, yeah. and it's very alarming. The suicide rates have increased uh, yeah. in this age group. It's the second leading cause uh, that we've been reading about. We did a ton of research uh, in developing, you know, a program that we thought would be more proactive in addressing the things that you can't expect that nobody talks about. Yeah. You know, let's talk about that loneliness that you're going to have. It's an existential loneliness right. that everyone's right. going to feel when they get on campus, and. and If somebody had told me that, I don't think it would have been as difficult to transition into school. Mm -hmm. I would have known, like, okay, this is normal. Let me find my people, my places, and let me coordinate something so that I can establish my own routine and schedule so that I can feel good until I find those people that I can feel most comfortable
0: with. Yeah, yeah. So our approach to college many years ago, they've got to be reevaluated in how we approach college today, whether it's based on these stats that we hear or about just the culture that we live in. And so I imagine that it does not begin the summer before college starts. And so how can parents of middle schoolers and high schoolers begin preparing their sons and daughters for the realities of the real world now so that when they get to college, they'll have some tools and confidence for surviving college
1: wonderful, wonderful question. And and Darcy and I talk about this quite a lot. You know, it's the simple things. Let's talk about chores and, mm-hmm. and things you can be responsible for. A lot of people say, oh, what can a you know six or 10-year-old be capable of doing? There are some basics that you can make them responsible for that give them a sense of empowerment and yeah. help them feel competent. You know, uh, the advantage that I've had with working with so many different families over so many years is seeing what different families do to empower their children. Yeah. And, you know, I I have seen a 10-year-old perfectly folded shirt and see another 10-year-old go, how do you do that? Mm, <laughs> and right, it's and right. it's so interesting. And, and it's sometimes those little pieces that we have to start with when they're younger. But once we hit that middle and high school zone, you know, parents have this tendency to want to jump in and fix their problems and guide them and tell them exactly what to do at all steps and all directions. And some of that is okay. And it makes sense because we have wisdom to share. But you know, empowering them to think through decisions and say, well, how do you think you wanna handle this and how will this be helpful to you? And have them use those critical thinking skills, I think is vital for that transition because when they're by themselves on a college campus and they don't know anybody, they're gonna have to ask themselves, what do I do? Yeah. And, and having them have some of those harder conversations now about budgeting or sleep schedules or, you know, how much time are you spending on technology and is it helpful to you or is it hurting you as mm-hmm. far as your mental health or is it helping you socialize or is it isolating you, yeah. you know. And a lot of kids are very resistant. They don't want to be parented by high school. They want to be felt, you know, they want to feel like they are independent and rising into their, you know, more adult selves. Yeah. But we all know they're not equipped. Right, Darcy? Mm-hmm. I mean. Yes.
0: Yeah. One thing that I think of is, you know, uh, it makes me think of tying your shoes for some reason. Mm. Is, you know, it seems like an essential, right, for a kid to be able to tie their shoes to get ready for the day. But if we just keep buying them Velcro shoes, then they'll never learn to tie. And so the ability to tie is almost an illustration for growing up. Mm -hmm. And so when they get older, you know, when they're in their teens, like learning how to cook a meal how to manage money, how to make choices and to take responsibility for those choices, they're like versions of tying your shoe because you're going to have to grow up at some point. And then when the, the the some of the concepts that I think through are how do we develop self-confidence in people that I can make this decision on my own, my parents or my caregivers or other people of influence, a coach, a teacher, a mentor, they instilled in me the fact that I am responsible for my life and I can do this. I'm able to do it. And there are people around me who are proud of me for whatever decision I make. So I think you're addressing kind of the essential, the building blocks of autonomy mm-hmm. for the future, uh, self-efficacy for the future, be able to take action for your life instead of having to always go, mom, dad, what do I do? You know. But you want parents to be there in that way.
2: And I think as a parent, I imagine there's that tension where you really want to empower your student or your Mm -hmm. child, but you also want to make sure that they know that you're there. And I love there's the concept of submarine parenting. I don't know if Uh, either one of y'all have heard of that, mm -hmm. but Uh, just the belief of, okay, it kind of looks on the surface like you're not paying attention, like Mm -hmm. a submarine's below Mm -hmm. water. Mm -hmm. But you are very aware in some of the things of that, like you're backing off on purpose. Mm -hmm. You're encouraging your child to make his or her own decisions and supporting that. You're also talking to them like an adult and with respect. Um, I think one thing that was so key, too, in this article I read was talking about modeling healthy behavior. Mm -hmm. How do I practice those things? like self care, like disconnecting mm. from technology. How do I model yep. um, those healthy behaviors yeah. as a way to help show my child what would be beneficial for him yeah. or her?
0: I like that illustration. The mm-hmm. submarine parent, they're aware, but they're not always, you know, hovering around the helicopter parent, mm-hmm. <laughs> always up in their face about what they're not doing or what they are doing. and But they're aware and when they need to get involved, they will. And, the submarine will show up, you know. <laughs> no, that's i That's why
2: it's got the pairs, right? Because you can <laughs> oh, see the radar, on, you know, the, all those exactly. sort of things. Exactly. And yep. I, I love that yep. analogy that's of good. You're, yeah. you're aware, but you're, you're in the background. Yeah,
0: so just the idea to reiterate that, uh, parents, you are preparing your child for adulthood, and that may include college. It may be career right out of college. Mm-hmm. It might be a gap year. But what you're doing for your elementary-age child, for your middle schooler, for your high schooler, is giving them the building blocks for success in college both kind of socially emotionally like you're talking about mm-hmm. so but at the same time, we do have some parents listening. Oh, yeah, Leppa, go ahead.
1: So I just wanted to add, uh, for those of you that are listening, it's never, ever, ever too late. If you have a senior that's leaving in the next, you know, three or four months, it's still okay to have these conversations. You know, sit back and ask yourself, what would have helped me? Right. And be willing to be vulnerable to share some of those stories. Darcy and I talk a lot uh, in the group that we currently have about some of our experiences and, and missteps. And, you know, we've noticed that they really appreciate that because I think us, our society pushes this ideal and we want everybody to feel like they have to do everything right and sometimes just saying hey when I got to campus I didn't like it and here's what I didn't like and this is how I handled it, and what I did and I think that story has more power than if I'm dictating to you and telling mm-hmm. you what I think you need to do mm-hmm. and so we really want to encourage parents that, a it's never too late have this you know wonderful conversations I think it's very interesting I think it bonds us sometimes to share with our children those vulnerabilities that we went through and it teaches them because I I know with my own children sometimes they'll come back and say well mommy remember when you said and I think oh boy what did I say mm, <laughs> but yeah. then I think about what they're telling me in reverse and and it's so nice to see that that was what they absorbed they absorbed mm-hmm. the lesson and they absorbed the um, you know problem solving or or, or the conflict management that yeah. occurred in that yeah. and then it you know equalizes us in a way I know we have to be as parents in sort of authoritative positioning at times but then other times we need to see, show them that we're there to collaborate and assist and and be supports that they can depend on. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like
1: that submarine that's ready Uh to throw a missile or come to the rescue. That's good.
0: And uh, what you're saying there is that, you know, parenting never stops, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like, ooh, uh, you cross the finish line of parenting when you send your kid off to college or their career. No, it's just a different form of parenting. You know, it's a different phase of parenting. And, you know, as you parents, as you kind of think through your high school senior going off to college pretty soon it's to keep in mind like how can I stay connected to provide that support and a number of colleges provide parent days for you to go up and visit like that's really important my parents made that a priority is they would show up at my college and they would visit from time to time I'm like that it mattered to me because they're still invested in my life I may not always be crazy about having my parents around. So, you know, have, you know, some boundaries there. But the idea of, you know, uh, texting, I did not take many phone calls from my parents when I was in college. (laughs) Sorry, mom and dad. But, (laughs) but the idea of showing up, because I think there's research out there that, you know, supports the fact that kids really do want their parents in their lives. You know, they don't want to totally have them out of there. So um, I appreciate you talking about for those parents who do have kids going into college really soon. Um, So there's a bunch of research out there kind of shifting gears a little bit that indicates that personal faith is discarded in college. Why is that? And what advice would you have for parents or the church to encourage faith through college?
2: Well, I'm going to admit that I definitely polled some people (laughs) on this question because I think it's a really complex one. Um, And kind of what we all came back to is I think that there are a lot of contributing factors going on into this. I think first and foremost, just developmentally, it's very appropriate um, Mm -hmm. at this age stage, age in stage, um, to pull away, Mm -hmm. to really figure out who am I and needing to separate a little from parents in order to do that. So I think developmentally, very appropriate. That's what's going on. Um, I think another piece of that, and my husband phrases so well, he said, I'll be honest, you know, as a college student, the church's stance on a lot of things didn't mm. agree with what I wanted to sure. do.
0: right. And right. there's that
2: tension and that conflict there. Mm-hmm. And the pressure, I think, too, from peers and, and their opinions and what they're valuing kind of being what you value and how all of that is very interconnected. Yeah. Um, I think another piece of that, and this is just kind of a little speculation on my part, is I think a lot of students haven't had the chance to own their faith yet. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to church with my parents. Mm-hmm. I don't go to church where I feel called to worship. Yeah. Um, they just really haven't had a chance to develop that theological framework for themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to fall back on. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, just from the church's standpoint, I think it's hard uh, to connect with college students. And I think, and you look at local churches, you know, K through 12. There's all this right, programming. Right. There's everything available, and campus ministries do a great job. But I just don't know if that's enough mm-hmm. to keep that point of connection. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I know those are all just kind of rambling thoughts. So I'll let Leppa chime in. But I think there's so many different things coming into play. There's not a clear answer mm-hmm. into why this is happening at this stage. Right, yeah, and I would agree with that. I think that there needs to be a little more
1: openness and and conversation, you know. I I think a lot of families feel very deeply connected to the faith that they're raised with and and that they choose to follow, and it's only natural as a parent to want to say to your child, this is the way. And I think that is okay in some, you know, forms with certain children and their personalities, but then there's others that are a little more spirited or independent, and I think it's okay to have healthy conversations. I've seen families that are more open-minded and they'll say, okay, well what are your beliefs and, and where do you stand with this and how would this play into the values? Mm-hmm. You know, how is this gonna play into dating and relationships, into you know whether or not you branch into, you know, sexual activity, other things. And I think if we keep it as an all or nothing closed door process of you're either gonna do what I tell you and this is the right way, or you lose them. And I think there needs to be a gray. You know, in cognitive mm-hmm. therapy we always talk about find the gray, find the middle. Yeah. Where's yeah. the balance between the two? And I've seen some wonderful parents over the years, you know, they'll say, listen, the church does not support this, but I'm going to tell you that I need you to be responsible about mm-hmm. this. And yeah, so here's yeah. where we stand. And I would rather that you wait on certain things, but if you're going to do it, here's the safety protocols. Mm-hmm. And then empower your child to make the decision. And I can't tell you how many come home crying, going, you were right. Yeah, Mom, yeah, you were right. Yeah. So be yeah. patient, parents. They will come yes, back right. yeah. and they will. And I, I find that the parents that open the door a little more to saying, okay, this isn't where your heart is, but please know that this is where we stand and this is important to us and it's part of our family and we would like for you to follow but if you choose not we still love you and we will be here for you yes and i think that's so important and
2: i don't think that message gets across Mm -hmm. do you darcy i mean agree i think that's the big thing i love what you said about being patient Mm -hmm. just really knowing okay this is part of their journey yeah and loving them where they're at in the midst of that. I mean, how how often did Jesus do that, right? right? He right. loved people exactly mm-hmm. where they were at in that moment. Yeah. Not expecting them to change yeah. um, in order to earn his love. And I think the other piece of that, too, is just being curious. Mm-hmm. Just having those conversations where you're, well, what do you think about this? Yep. And if it doesn't line up with what you think... Again, not being defensive, but really genuinely wanting to understand, well, well how did you reach that conclusion? Mm-hmm. Like, I really want to know. You might have yeah. something to teach me or yeah. something for me to think about. I think those conversations, if your child is willing to go there, can be really powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and, and bond you.
0: Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the thing that uh, encourages me is that if, a, if, if your child starts to question or even abandon their faith, the hope is that they have parents who will not. And so they have parents who are patient, which is a fruit of the spirit. (laughs) They are curious because they trust God, you know, and they just have to take a different role in their child's life and helping them grow into adulthood, into taking ownership of their own life and faith. And I love what you said about values is if values are the building blocks of your life and we live out of our values, I think there's a part of it that they keep us anchored as well. Mm-hmm. Is they will test out other values to go. Do I want to value these things or do I want to value what I grew up with? Mm-hmm. And they may, you know, replace them with others, or they may go. No, these held true. And this, mom and dad, at the end of the day, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that's
2: oftentimes what ends up what ends up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and from a practical standpoint too, I think even asking your child, like, how is faith going to be a part of your college experience, or is it? Yeah and even those practical things yep. like do you want to find a local church mm-hmm. are you interested in the campus ministries and again from a very non-judgmental place not you're going to do this right. but right. to be genuinely curious how mm-hmm. does your student see faith being a part of their college experience yeah. or maybe they don't yet
0: I love that it's just a different approach instead of you will it's can i mm-hmm. assist you with this are you interested and if they're not they're not mm-hmm. you know they'll make their decisions at the end of the day but you can help facilitate some of those. That's really good. So what I what I heard you say Darcy just a little bit ago was that sometimes the church has not done the best job of providing something for college students. And I think that's because we just say, "Oh, you're an adult now." So you just integrate into the adult ministries that are provided. And so this is what I love about this conversation because you all have developed a program to strengthen high school and college students for the challenges that college life will throw their way. So Tell our listeners a little bit about how you're kind of stepping into that gap a little bit.
1: We are so excited to introduce you to our program. It is called Empowered for College. We call it E4C. We're trying to keep it trendy and cool. Uh, And it is a five-week course. We're going to include topics like budgeting time, money, sleep, um, how to cope with stress, uh, how to cope with anxiety, uh, we're talking about self-care, uh, how to take care of yourself in various uh, situations. Uh, substance use, potentially, um, that is very high in college. And so we want to at least address the topic of what to anticipate, what to expect. We have a lot of kids going out there dabbling and you know getting hurt, very yeah. seriously hurt, especially if they come from very conservative backgrounds. Right. Um, dating, camp- campus safety, and conflict resolution, just to name a few things. That's
0: so. good. Just a few things that might show up in college. Just, just, just a few.
2: <laughs> (laughs) 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 That was actually really fun. That was our topic for last week's session, and we had our participants role-playing some different scenarios that they might encounter in college, and it was really fun.
0: That's good. That's just life skills. Yes. Yes. it's like – who, where'd you learn to fight? Between my siblings, you yes. know, or I
2: watched mom and
1: dad. <laughs> you know, right, like, exactly. Are those
0: tools going to work in college, you know, so that you are yep. giving them some real practical, tangible tools? That's really, really great.
1: Well, and we're also hearing wonderful feedback from our participants that they're so grateful. They're like, I'm so glad you have this. We wouldn't have thought of some of the things that you're bringing up, and and we feel comforted knowing ahead of time that there are these, you know, uh, potential uh traps or holes that we can fall into, uh, socially and emotionally. And, uh, for example, one of the topics that we gave as a role play and we had written it a while ago and it ended up really happening recently at USC campus Mm -hmm. where the student got into a car that she thought was an Uber and it was not an Uber. Mm. And that was one of our role plays was what do you do if you end up in a car Mm. and realize it is not what you thought it was? How do you get out? And we watched our participants kind of, sort of jokingly, you know, address this. And we said, no, what would you really do? because that is a panic-driving process, and you have to be smart, you have to be proactive, you have to say, wait a second, who are you here to pick up? Where are you taking me? Because if you can't answer those questions, I'm not getting in your car. And I feel grateful that we were even able to just cover that. Mm. If that's all we helped you with, then I feel really good about that. But we have so much more, don't we, Yeah, you do,
0: (laughs) yep, that's really good. So in your mind, what does a successful or thriving college experience look like to you?
2: I feel like I have too many notes on this question so Go I'll keep it, it short it. Um, but I kind of wanted to start off just where why we even call this program empowered for college. You know, one of the definitions of empowered is something that enables a person to become more qualified, capable, confident and that's really like I think a great definition yeah. of a thriving college experience that you become more qualified, more confident and more capable academically, socially, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think in my opinion, it's all about growth. Yeah. And, and how am I growing? Mm-hmm. How am I expanding my understanding, my viewpoints, um, my knowledge, all of those things. Yeah.
1: And when I think of a student that is thriving, I think of someone who is willing to ask for help, someone who doesn't feel trapped or stuck, mm-hmm you know, someone who is willing to reach out and say, hey, this isn't working for me, so what are my options? Too many kids, especially the ones that sadly do, you know, end in a suicide, felt like they had no way out. Mm, And what I want is for every student, whether they come to our program or not, whether you parents can just talk to your own child about this, is to tell them, no matter what you're facing, talk to us. You know, my nephew was at a campus recently, and he was, you know, working through some stuff and just couldn't reach out to his parents, didn't feel like he could share and so thankfully he reached out to me and I said oh absolutely this is something that we can talk to them about you can talk to them about and they did they came up with a solution and it made him feel so much better and I think that feeling of being alone and you know yes adulting is a personal responsibility (laughs) but we all know as adults we have our community we have our supports our people and the key is to know what is a good support I think when you go to college it's really easy to get caught up in the excitement and the fun and think that people are your friends and they're looking out for you and maybe they are maybe these end up being lifelong friendships but then mm-hmm. again maybe they're not yep. and when you find yourself stuck in that place to me a thriving student knows to go to the professor and say hey i don't know what you're talking about in this class and i'm really struggling mm-hmm. what do i do yeah. Yeah, and so things like that. We just want them to feel like they can have that voice and not feel alone.
0: Yeah, I love it. We one of the phrases that we use it for still is to widen the circle, mm-hmm. and so is to widen the circle of influence around you with people that you can turn to and trust. And so what you're saying, the parents of those people, you know, a pastor or a coach, teacher, but even what you're offering through this program is an attempt to widen the circle, both mm-hmm. of peers but also professionals. Mm-hmm. In that way, to say, hey, we're in your corner. We're here for you, and we're going to help coach you through this. And I keep thinking of the TV show Survivor. College does not have to be that experience. We just get dropped into an island. Yes. And it's like, all right, <laughs> got to make it through the challenges here, and good luck. We'll see if you uh, get a sunburn or if you, you know,
2: right. <laughs> got to make food. clothes out yes. of palm
0: branches. But yeah. you're saying, hey, you can still thrive. In college, yeah, you're going to have to survive, you know, through some of the challenges that you face, but you can get to the point of thriving with some of these tools that you're providing. Because I can only think of two off the top of my head ways that we prepare people for things it's we practice sports or performance and to drive. Mm. But do we practice for college? No. no.
2: Well, academically, we're really sure, focused sure. on the academic performance, yep. but I think we're the missing The social out. and emotional
0: things that you're talking about, exactly. right? We, that, exactly. That's
2: the biggest piece we see missing.
1: And it seems like uh, uh, one study recently showed that 26 and younger is the group that is showing the highest and quickest rate of these depression and anxiety mm. occurrences. Yeah. But anyone 26 years old and higher is not. And so we have to ask ourselves, what has changed here and how are we addressing it? Because listen, when I was in school, yes, you put your nose to the grind, you work hard, you study, you perform, and you get into school and you're ready. But there was something else that we were doing that addressed the social and emotional stuff that maybe we have to do in a different way now. Mm -hmm. And so parents, even if you don't come to our program, we encourage you, please sit down with your child and check in with them and see how they feel like they're coping with the different things that they're facing, you know, how are they handling their stress levels. Are they smiling and telling you everything's fine and deep down they're feeling that they're not doing a great job at all and that they're very, very scared. Mm. I think to have those authentic, very personal, vulnerable conversations now will give you so much insight. And I'm sure you're scared too to send your child off and hope that they're gonna figure this out. And that's why you want to leave that lifeline open. Uh, Leave them connected to you and tell them, say if you don't want to call me, have one other person that we all trust that you will call. Uh, Just like my nephew was able to do. It wouldn't
0: hurt for Parents to get counseling while their kids are going through college as well. Oh, that's, so that's we've got on our to, list. You know, uh, skilled professionals, right here, yeah, available. That's, for that. that's a transition for parents as well. And, and Lepa, I love what you yeah. said
2: just about kind of embracing this opportunity mm-hmm. while your children still are, are at home. Yeah. To help them with these things and even when they go away you can still be available and remind them that there are other people life yeah. group leaders That's family right. members other mentors that they do have other people mm-hmm. available who yeah. want to walk with them yeah help them this. think
0: through scenarios situations and the people that they can go to yes just to prepare so i'm um, i'm really excited about your program how can parents connect with you all and find out more about e4c
2: well, probably the easiest way is just to go to our website, which is e4c.me, and that's e4c.me. the number We also recently started a Facebook page, so we don't have a ton of followers, so please feel oh, be free to get on there. be some of the first there. ones. You yes, know, you charter please. followers. We can That'd share it, all that stuff. So that, those would probably be the two quickest ways to get in touch with us.
0: Okay, that's great. Any final advice or encouragement for our parents as we wrap this up?
2: take a deep breath,
1: parents. It's going to be all right. (laughs)
2: Yes. Yes. And and enjoy it as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, And also remember, it's a transition for you as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. And keeping that in mind, you might need to practice a little more self-care. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you all for being on this podcast and sharing about Empowered for College. Let me say a prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this time and we pray for our parents, as they start to make the transition with their kids into college, and we pray for their kids who will make that transition, whether it's to college or to career, whatever it may be. And we pray that you would give them the tools, those social and emotional tools, but also the spiritual tools, if that's what they choose for their life, that they would have people who surround them in college, and that they would have the personal confidence and awareness to make these decisions. On their own that they can do this that they can thrive in college and we pray that blessing over our future college kids and it's in your name we pray amen parent on parents you got this thanks for joining us for the forest hill parenting podcast where we want to inspire parents to make faith in jesus the priority in their families If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit forresthill.org.